They're all saving one, or most of them, most of the Hampshire fielders are saving one. Somerset need one run. It's Edwards to Hildreth. He's there and bowls Hildreth, and he gets the run away through the onside, and Somerset have won. They've won the Royal London One Day Cup. Good evening, everyone. You're listening to Always Look on the Bright Side of Life. This is the Somerset Cricket Podcast. My name's Ian Shepherd, and joining me this evening, I've got Steve Cancock, Dan Kingdom, and the voice of cricket on BBC Radio Somerset, Anthony Gibson. Oh, right. Where do we start then, fellas? I suppose start at the beginning and through the sort of the 10 days leading up to the match, our, uh, our optimism was gradually eroded by the amount of players that became unavailable until we got up to a grand total of, what was it, eight in the end? Eight or nine, something like that? Nine, I think. Nine, probably. Dan would know. Yeah, yeah it was nine, yeah. If you yeah. Sonny Baker. Yeah. 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 Yeah, optimism dashed, I suppose, really. Um, should we start at the beginning, at the toss? I don't necessarily think it was the wrong decision to try and bat first and get through that morning session uh, on the first day unscathed. I suspect had we had Craig Overton, Josh Davey and Lewis Gregory in that bowling attack complimenting Peter Siddle, it may have been one for a bit more consideration. But I think if you're bowling first with... Ned Leonard, Casey Aldridge, Marchant Delanger, no disrespect to those guys. The opposition batsmen are thinking, well, we've only got to really get through eight overs of eight or nine overs of Peter Siddle maybe before lunch, and we're in the box seat. Was that how you saw it, yeah. Steve? Certainly how it appeared to me. Yeah, I do. And I think also when you look at the scores as it panned out, and you look at the scores around the whole division, both divisions, you sort of think, well, maybe the old batting in April being a bit of a nightmare isn't the case um, and I did I, I channeled my inner Dan on Sunday and did a spreadsheet and just did some stats and looked at the scores and the average runs per wicket and that across both divisions so you can see the logic for it but mm. what what sticks in my croy in is you know that word that we won't mention the L word that winds us up so much it's all very well saying we've taken some good thems out of this or out of that. I think we can say but lessons. I think lessons is okay. Lessons, lessons yeah, I like that. It's <laughs> then it's then putting it and implementing it. Okay. And it just you just look at go again, look across the division and look at Leicester and Northampton today, for example. They had to bat out for draws, and I know it's slightly different batting out for a draw on the fourth day than on the third day. But what I want to see is a bit of spine. And Tom Abel thankfully helped me out on Saturday because I used his quote from the post-match as my headline from a blog post because it's what I wanted to say. And he said it, you know, it's just not good enough. And it isn't. It is just not good enough. We've just got to, you know, Ben Green and Lamanby on Saturday, you, were, you weren't thinking this is great. I didn't allow myself one to think, wouldn't it be great if Green had got 100 here or if Lammers played one of his innings? It was just like, hey, we've got through an hour, but we've got another end to go. And and I sort of sensed it in Anthony's voice that once the first wicket fell, you knew it was going to happen. And I don't know what it is. It, is it mental? Is it lack of ability? Because I think you can judge our batting on a par with a lot of other batting lineups. But it seems to me that they, they are the biggest self-fulfilling prophecy in, in cricket at the moment. And it's very, very depressing. Yeah, so three batting collapses uh, in the Hampshire game. So we lost five for 61 on the first morning before Hildy and uh, the best player in the world. <laughs> very good counter-attacking partnership um, until Wolof was out. And then we lost, what did we lose there? And then we lost five for 46. Uh, just to come to 180 all out. And then in the second dig, got to 50 without loss. And then we lost, uh, do my maths here under pressure, 10 for 85. So three batting collapses in that game. And it was a spell of something like seven for 15 or something either side of lunch, wasn't it? Yeah. I mean, it was very poor. This isn't new. This has been happening for a good few years now. Mm. <laughs> Did you think, Anthony, that we missed 
Overton and Gregory and to a certain extent Josh Davey with the bat as much as we did with the ball? Well, they've bailed us out any number of times over the last um, two or three seasons. I mean, what was what was so depressing about it was the contrast between the fight that um, Ben Green and uh, Tom Lamanby had shown on Friday evening and again on Saturday morning, and then the you know just abject surrender of the others. I mean, there were some dreadful shots played. I mean, your hero Roloff van der Merve trying to drive Moa Bass through the, you know on the on the up through the covers before he'd even scored. Um, Ben, ben Green was suckered by James James Fuller in, into going for a big drive to, to what he thought was a nice, juicy half volley, and it turned out to be a you know pretty big in-swinger. Um, Steve Davis looked as if he was half asleep when he when he nicked off to uh, to lips. Uh, and Tom Lamanby, you know, somebody needs to to teach him how to how to play the short ball. He was set up. By, by Hampshire, it was a perfectly obvious setup, you know. Um, they, they knew, uh, what's his name? Um, Kyle Abbott went up to um, James Fuller at the start of that over and said, you know, give him, give him, give him short one. Going down the leg side, he'll chase after it, and he'd he'd signalled to Ben Brown, the wicketkeeper, to look out for going down the leg side. He bowls a short ball on on leg stump. Lamanby plays a sort of waft at it, gets a nick, and Ben Brown is almost there waiting for the catch. And it was just, it was, it was abject. And I think, I mean, Tom Abel got a good one, um, no doubt about that. Um, but I, I, what also worried me was. Um, you know, it's bad enough interviewing Tom after yet another, you know, five defeats on the spin. I think, Dan, that's the worst worst run in for four-day yep. cricket. Right? Yep. Um, but Tom didn't really seem to have, you know, he was, he was all, um, you know, hair shirt and all around, and it wasn't good enough and this. But, you know, there's no real explanation as, as, as to what is going wrong. And the coaching must have a lot to do with it. You know, really must. I mean, some of the some of the technique failures, like like Hammondby with the with the short ball, and like Ben Green going for the big drive and and, and so on. Uh, I mean, I just hope that Lachlan Stevens can can work the miracle, because yeah, of course we missed the the absentees, and of course we weren't expecting to win. But what was really disappointing was that the players that we did have, who are good players, most of them. Did not perform when it when it really mattered, and and that was very very disappointing. They were disappointed. I mean, I've never seen such a dejected bunch of cricketers as they made their way out of the dressing room uh, afterwards. There was hardly a word spoken, and the, the coaches likewise. It was a deeply deeply depressing day Saturday, and and they, you know, they've just got to pull themselves together for Thursday against Essex. Yeah, <clears throat> what did you make of it, Dan? Being a stats man, um, there was a crumb of comfort. I think it was on oh, some sometime during Friday. Dave Allen, the um, the Hampshire historian and statistician, said that in the last time we had two division county cricket, the side that ended up winning mm. went to Hampshire the first game of the season and got absolutely stuffed. So that mm-hmm. that's the only morsel of comfort I think we can that we can hang on to at this. Uh, at this early stage yeah i mean <clears throat> sorry as uh, anthony alluded to there this is the first time we've lost five county championship matches in a row since 1968 um it, it we just, weren't very good in 1968 then no <laughs> <laughs> um it just continues this run we've had isn't it of since it's ever since the 69 all out against surrey we have just been atrocious in first class cricket you know until then you know, in 2021, we sort of started the season quite well. We sort of put results together without necessarily playing at our best. And as we know, the last few years, we've had a brilliant bowling lineup and our batting has been good enough to win us matches um, but without being perfect. But, you know, since this 69 out against Surrey, we have just been terrible. I mean, I've just p- pulled up the uh, the scores, um, our, our scores since the 69 all out. So we've gone 69, 107, 181, 134. 141, 90, 314, 389. So that was the second innings against Lancashire and the first innings at Edgebaston last year. And then 154, 180, 135. So we've exceeded 
two well we've exceeded 200 twice in the last what's that uh, eight 11 innings um and obviously the bowling has been more excusable simply because a lot for most of that we've had players missing you know particularly against Hampshire and towards the end of last season you know we did have Craig and Gregory etc missing but you know the bowling hasn't been up to scratch either but you know the batting has just really taken a nosedive hasn't it really over the last few games and it's just it is very sudden like as I said before it wasn't perfect but you know we we were able to put scores together you know on a reasonably regular basis you know the, the four scores before um the 69 all out were 360 409 461 429 so it was fine, you know, we were doing okay. Um, there's something yeah, just most, been, mostly yeah, thanks to the lower middle order, though. I mean, we were still yeah. collapsing, collapsing oh, at, yeah. at regular intervals, mm. and we were playing yeah. against Division Two and Division Three and Division yeah. Two sides in in the conference system and in the Bob Willis Trophy the year previously. So we haven't really had a sustained go. Of playing um, a sustained run of, of playing against top quality sides, well, I would say for two years. But of course, we had the little uh, mini go in at Division One in September last year, and we all know how that turned out. So, I just wonder whether we were bringing in players, you know, the likes of Lamanby, uh, the likes of Goldsworthy, who were getting in, getting a bit of confidence, then all of a sudden getting a rude awakening after a long season against Division 1, and maybe they're just a bit shell-shocked. I don't know. It's mm. it, it's the $64,000 question. I mean, I was thinking about today, the, the profile of our batsmen. We don't have... Well, we've got two that you would call in sort of the, the sweet spot of their careers, kind of between sort of the ages of 26 and 32. And that's... Um, well, we've got Tom Abel is the only one who's in that category. And then you've got, obviously, Hilda Hughes, uh, 37, 36, 37, I think. Because you've got Lamaby Green, two young guys opening the bat in. You've got Abel at three, Hildreth at four. And then whoever you pick at five, whether it's Banton, Goldsworthy or Bartlett, they're still um, between sort of 20, 21, 22, 23 years of age. So half of our top, top six are under 25, inexperienced guys finding their way in the first class game. Is that one too many? Is it two too many? I don't know. I think we could do, you know, we could do with someone like Sam Hain, you know, solid, solid top order batsman who'll grind, grind the run, runs out and grind the bowlers down. Um, now, whether Matt Renshaw will fulfil that role, I'm not, I'm not sure. You know, I was, I was a little bit surprised when he was signed. He wouldn't have fitted the profile that I would have set out for an overseas batsman, but I hope he'll prove me wrong and, and score big runs and either at the top of the order, which I think is where he ought to go, because uh, frankly, I mean, Ben Green's a lovely bloke and a nice cricketer, but he isn't an opening batsman in, in, a, in 100 years. You know, we, we need someone to go in with, with Lamberby at, at the top of the order, and, and hopefully that will be, uh, be Renshaw. But can but, I, you know, actually, can that... I jump in there? Because I agree, I agree with what you say with Ben Green, but I think he was the one for me who showed a bit of guts and fight. You know, and I'm not certainly not going yeah. to say about any first class batsman uh, criticise their ability. But what I want to see is I want to see some guts and fight. I expect, you know, I wrote a piece before the season started. If we go, if all the players could show the guts that Jack Leach showed in the batting in the West Indies. Then I wouldn't have any complaints. We get beaten by the better side. We lose a toss and bad conditions or something. That's what's upsetting me at the moment, that we're not showing that guts and fight. Well, you, you do that. And then you once you've done that, you reap the benefits of tired bowlers and the ball going soft and the field is getting tired. And I, I yeah. actually think Ben Green deserves some credit because he gave it, for me, absolutely everything with bat and ball in that game. Yeah, I mean, guts and fight, great, but you need skill as well. Um, and with the best will in the world, he is not an opening batsman in first division. I mean, he, he was promoted from number eight as a stopgap back in uh, 2020 during during COVID. Um, and, he, you know, he he hasn't, what's his highest score, Dan will tell you? 54? 50-something, 54 at Lords in the final? Um, yeah. Oh, yeah, that'll be it. Yeah, 54 in the bubbleless final. Yeah, that's his only first-class 50. 
And, uh, and all right, he batted well in the second innings and gusted out, but he could have been out four times in the first over that Kyle Abbott bowled to him. He, he, didn't, he hardly got a bat on it. You know, he, he's a, he, as I say, he's a lovely bloke, and uh, but he's, he should be batting down at seven or eight if, you know, if he's good enough to be in the side at all. And all right, he got his best bowling figures, three for 31 or, or whatever it was. But yeah, it's very hard to say that he's a you know, first division all-round all cricketer um so i you know we're gonna have we're gonna lamaby i think is, i mean he looks so good for so long and then just not being able to play the short ball is just extraordinary goals where the i'm worried about you know he's flattered to deceive so many everybody says he's you know jim trout said yeah he's one of those most likely to succeed i was reading cricketers who's who today and can't remember which one it was but one of the somerset players said that lewis goldsworthy is going to play test cricket for for england he's got all the ability in the world but he you know he's he's not showing it at the moment and he's he's another one what's his highest dan uh 48 48 he hasn't even got a first class 50 and he's he's had plenty of opportunities and even even James Hildreth, who batted beautifully in the first innings, could have been out any number of times when he, when he first came in. He was like a cat on hot bricks. And he's got more skittish as he gets older. You know, he, he goes out there and he plays these lovely square drives without moving his feet and so on. But he's not providing the solidity in the middle order that we really need to compete in in the first division uh, and to stop this dreadful run of batting collapses all right when gregory and overton and co come back in they'll provide a little bit of insurance further down the order just in case the top order collapses yet again but we just ought not case. to see that position yeah exactly you know the the top order ought to be getting run consistently um it wasn't a bad pitch at, at Southampton by any means. Hampshire would have batted first if they they won the toss, uh, and but they they seem whether you know Weatherly uh, and and James Vince batted like a god. I mean, it, I was, he was nailed on for hundred until he got got himself out, and we just you know we haven't got players like Joe Weatherly and James Vince who can really hang in there and make you know make tire the bowlers and then take advantage when 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 the ball gets softer and the you know the bowlers get get tired it's it's all can, I, can i just put this into context quickly with apologies to dan the average runs per wicket across both innings of the all the games was 36.3 and we averaged 15.75 and the next nearest to us was i believe leicester with 22.68 and there was quite a few 50 40s 50s and even a 60 in Knott's case so I, I did that just because I, I wanted to put it into context that you know if it was everyone else the average runs per week it was 24 over the weekend you go okay fair enough but there's a gaping chasm it's that that really is cause for concern yeah quite I was looking on enviously yesterday as Leicestershire were batting out of draw. And I mean, we, you know, I think we'd all say that we're a better side than Leicestershire. But I hope so. I hope so, yeah. But at the moment, I think we're still, you know, we're Division 1, they're Division 2. And, you know, they over the last few years, obviously, you know, we're, we're, we've been a lot more successful. But, you know, just the fact that they're able to bat out for a draw and we are we were just completely incapable of it. I know Leicestershire had a... You know, they were, they only had a day to bat. We had, you know, we would have had to bat till, you know, we would have had to bat about five sessions. But you know, they just showed a much more permanence at the crease, whereas our guys just have a air of impermanence, really. Um, it's just it's been there for you know the last few matches in first class cricket for some reason. I think yeah. Dan, you're right because, but on the, I was so pleased on Friday evening that we got through to the close and showed a bit of fight. And then Saturday morning, you know, as you do, you sort of think how the day's going to go. And I was thinking, if we can go deep into the final session today, you know, and get 200, 250-ish, then 
I know it's horrible to take a defeat, but I'd, I'd at least have taken mm. another coach in terms, taken a positive or some positives from that. Yeah. But, you know, Leicestershire, you mentioned, I think it was the Zad who got 100 and batted pretty well all day. And you need somebody to bat around, somebody to do that. And when when Tom Abel was out, I actually felt like I'd been punched in the gut because I was like, that's it. You know, if if TA or Lammers or Hildy had batted a couple of sessions, we might have achieved what I wanted. Um, just... <laughs> I agree with you, Steve. I didn't check out of my hotel on Saturday morning. No, I heard. Yeah. <laughs> I did think about it and I thought, no, they batted so well last evening that they're really going to put up a good fight. The wicket's getting flatter. You know, if they can take the sting out of the new ball in the morning, there's no reason why we can't bat through through the day and on into the, the, ne- the next morning. And for the first hour... I was as happy as can be, <laughs> and, yeah. then it all, and then it all fell to pieces. <laughs> oh dear! It's even harder in Tenerife. Yeah, I'm all yeah. the low pisses you get free with all inclusive. It's horrible, but it's free, so I'm drinking it. The other thing that really worries cold me is and, cold is and wet. That'll do. That'll Tom, do Abel's, Tom Abel's form. Has anyone got the um, the list of Tom Abel's last 15 innings that was... Andy oh, Cleave that. tweeted it on Saturday yeah, evening and there that. wasn't was many numbers above about 14. There weren't many double-figure scores in it. And and he didn't have an explanation for it. He's, what he said was that, that he'd been feeling in better nick at the start of the season when he went out to bat in the first innings than he has done for a long time. And yet, He got runs in the pre-season games. Uh, he was he moved himself about to accommodate Azarali in September, which may have contributed a little bit to his run of low scores there. But yeah, he was, he was batting beautifully against in uh, Warwickshire, Gloucestershire, and Glamorgan games. So I don't know, you, but you can be in the best form of your life, and if you get a good nut, you get a good nut, and it's good night. Yeah, but it's been happening rather. Yeah, I mean, last September wasn't great, was it? I don't, I don't know what, don't I like don't, me using don't like me using football analogies, but it's a bit like the manager comes out for the first game of the season and says we've worked really hard on the defence and our defensive shape, and then you get beaten six nil. That's how I sort of, which of course happened to Southampton, and I can't remember the lady's name, but somebody tweeted uh, replying that if you think you had a bad day, I'm a Somerset and Southampton supporter, and so. <laughs> <laughs> she she don't think she'll ever want to go near Southampton again after what happened on Saturday. Yeah, yeah that's uh what was it they lost six 0 to Chelsea, didn't they? Is that right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh, yeah. That's a so how's how's Tenerife then, Ian? Tenerife is absolutely beautiful. Apart from the lack of thatchers, it's absolutely <laughs> gorgeous. Any cricket? Out in the sky. Not they play uh, they play cricket in Tenerife. They don't know. I think the only place they would play cricket in Spain would be um, La Manga, where they go for the pre-season tours. Is it La Manga? I see Western yeah. Storm are going on a pre-season tour after the season has started. Well, it's before the it's... regional matches yeah. start, doesn't it? Yeah. I think it's before the women's. A bit yeah. of an excuse to get away on holiday, isn't it? <laughs> We've played cricket already. It's far too cold to train in England. Let's go to Spain. Why not? Oh, good luck to them. It was bloody oh. cold at the Aegeus Bowl, I tell you. God, it was gales. It was gales on Thursday. We were in that blooming camera gantry, exposed to every wind that blew. I was oh. so blooming cold. And about 150 yards away from the from the action as well. God, I hate that place. <laughs> <laughs> I noticed that I I was being a bit mischievous and I tweeted you and I called it the bowl with no soul. And I don't exactly. think I, I, I didn't broadcast. <laughs> I'd never be allowed back <laughs> in the AGS Bowl again. A, every, every cloud has a silver lining, I suppose. Yeah. Oh. I, I was there on... Sorry. It's called the Green Gardens, which um, I'm, I like to think was named after uh, named after Ben Green, but I doubt it. But uh, anyway. Um, you were there on Saturday, were you, were you there? I was. Yeah, I just... I just that, was, that was a good trip, wasn't it? I know, yeah. I was, I, I was considering staying overnight as well if it had gone well. But, uh, yeah, I was there Saturday. And I just noticed I just noticed that they don't seem to put due care and attention into staging a county championship match. You know, that there wasn't... There was, so some of the toilets were closed. Some of the food 
the food was it seemed to me that you had to sit down to eat a meal for food there wasn't really like easy pick up and go food in the grounds you know it was and also that there was ticket tickets debacle as well like we tried to buy tickets and it said oh you need to download the app to access the tickets and that didn't work and then we eventually emailed the tickets like the, in the morning but yeah it's just a few things that just yeah they just at somerset you know that you're you know you know the toilets are going to be open you know that there's going to be lots of food available around the ground but hampshire just didn't have that same care that Somerset put into um, staging right, right. matches. The crowds were pathetic as well, weren't they? Absolutely mm. pathetic. You know, first day of the season, I doubt if there were a thousand people there, and and they were all huddled up. The weather doesn't help. I mean, even looking even looking at the live stream, you could you could tell it was cold. Just the way that the players' shirts <laughs> were flowing and their general body language of everybody had their hands in their pockets until the very very last second um, when they were fielding. So any, no. any positives we can take out of that game? Yeah, I tell you what, Casey Aldridge. Casey yes. Aldridge. I was impressed with the way he bowled. He didn't get many wickets. I'm not sure he got any wickets, but but he he's he's um he's put on a yard of pace. He's filled out a little bit. Um, and I thought he I thought he bowled uh, very you know challengingly. You know he put the put the batsman under pressure, and he also batted very well. You know he was he was the you know, the one after the, the batting collapses, he didn't give it. He didn't give it away, and he showed a bit of skill and a bit of class. So, um, I I thought he's you know he is of the of the young quicks. I mean, I haven't seen enough of Sonny Baker in red ball cricket to to form a judgment, but he looked well ahead of Ned Leonard, who I think was a little bit out of his depth. And uh, Martin De Langer, well, we probably won't be seeing him again in red ball cricket until the Australians go. And it's probably just as well. He was, he didn't bowl very well. He, 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 you know, he, that was a positive then that we're not going to see much of the language. Well, September. I mean, and, and the two shots he got out to were just you know, mm. block, 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 swipe, miss, middle stump out the ground. Don't I mean, knock the block, block, swipe, Anthony. It works for me in the F division of the uh, Devon League. <laughs> You, but you're not being paid whatever Somerset are paying March and Delanger is among the few first class cricketers that I can say I've probably got a better technique than <laughs> but he's they, you say that but he's got he's actually he's got a good eye he has, he's got an absolutely crucial 50 at Lords this yeah. time last year yeah. if you remember when he and Ian Leach put on 80 for the last wicket after we were 79 for nine or, or as you know usual Somerset score yeah. we got up to 180 odd and then bowled them out in the second innings and went on to win so he can bat but he just you know, he just doesn't seem to be bothered about batting he just gives it away off. yeah the straight drive he played off I think it was Kyle Abbott first game back after Covid restrictions that was a beautiful shot that he stuck in the yeah. churchyard. Yeah. He's, that was a proper tip. Just boom. High elbow, he's, held the pose. Really, he's got a really good eye, you know, uh, but he doesn't, he's not bothered, you know. Just go in there and slog it around, you know, and get out and come back and have a cup of tea. Not impressed. No. Any more positives? I mean, Ben, ben Green, we said, showed a bit of fight, picked up his best first class bowling figures. Hildy. Let's be back in a bit of Nick. He did, yeah, yeah, he did. But I'm, I'm not, I'm not convinced. Nobody else got injured. True. Although Lamaby didn't Lamaby have some strapping on his fingers? Yeah, on his right hand, yeah. He, um, I mean, Lamaby, if he can sort out a short ball, he, he, he looks the partner of, of an opening batsman. It's all a bit exaggerated, this, you know, the, the forward defensive and, and all the rest of it, and, you know, and then wandering away to square leg and all this. I think he really gets up the noses of, of opposition fast bowlers. <laughs> Kyle, Kyle Abbott was very, you know, don't think he, he's an admirer of Tom Lamaby. Yeah, it is. It, you know, but if, if he can sort out the short ball, he's, he's, a class act is uh, Tom Lamaby. So Do we know what's uh, happened with his bowling? Because he didn't, you'd think about, what was it, 420-odd whatever it's they got. Yeah. I think left arm James Bangle would have been an option, but we never took it. Is he, I don't think he bowled much towards the end of last season as well, did he? And he didn't bowl in pre-season either. No, he didn't. So, Which must have been a conscious decision because everyone got a bowl in pre-season pretty much. I was walking up the Gloucester game. I was there trying to catch uh, catch a skipper's eye. But it's strange, isn't it? You think a left armor is is such a valuable weapon to have. 
not necessarily going to be, you know, bowling first or second change, but as an option as a captain to have. I think in the Bob Willis finally got a, a wicket after oh, there was a, one, of, one of the Essex partnerships. I think he came on after lunch or after tea and, and picked up a wicket first ball after a break. I just think it's an option. It's a good option to have. Left arm, different angle. And I agree with you. I said, that I said that on commentary. I was surprised that Ben Green got got so many overs um, and Lamaby didn't get any at all. I would have thought that there's not much to choose between them um, as medium paces. And as you say, Ian, the, you know, the, the left arm angle just you know, asked a different question of the batsman. But I don't know. He's, I think the he only other positive is what happened in the rest of the division because every game was drawn. Yeah. So... You know, it's and horrible to say, but... We are not bottom. <laughs> no, because the other two sides haven't played yet. <laughs> yeah, I've got your for Lancashire. Well, that, that shows how the depths of despair, doesn't it? That you, I was on Sunday thinking, I hope all these games finish in a draw. Because yeah, at least, you know, at least we're... We, we said last week about, you know, being behind and having to fight back and play catch-up. Well, I just... Yeah, every other game bar ours was a draw. I, I really hope I'm wrong, and I'm going to say this now. I just wonder whether the the players have heard the same thing. We joke about what we hear from the coaches. I just wonder whether there's that. They're not listening, uh, not consciously, but almost subconsciously. And that really worries me. And, you know, if it was me, I'd have had them in the nets on Sunday morning, and I'd, have, I'd be running them hard this week because I think they owe us all – you know, it's just, yes, it's early season and people say I'm overreacting. I would I would disagree simply because what I've said earlier, I want to see a bit of fight and I want to see, you know, just I want to see it hurts these young players and that they're going to do something. That's all I ask. And we've got the ability. We put, we put a decent performance together against Essex and all of a sudden it can change very, very quickly and we can be a force. But as Anthony said last week, not get a result out of Essex and then go to the Oval. Oh dear, that's yeah. You're you're then starting to, you know, starting to worry. So it's a very tough stuff. I finally got around to reading Rosie Anthony. Oh, have you? And I'll tell you why because I bought it. This was a holiday I was supposed to be going on a week after we first went into lockdown in 2020. So I bought Rosie specifically for that holiday, and I've put off reading it until now. And, Have you enjoyed, uh, enjoyed it? it but, uh, very good. One uh, one learning I took from it was uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, they they talked. Uh, well, Brian talked and you wrote. I suppose was um, before one cup final. They had a big in depth team meeting and, uh, that went on for three or four hours, and they they got absolutely stuffed the next day. And then the next cup final, they went round to John Cleese's house and got pissed and it's uh, <laughs> quite right. And ended up winning. So. I don't know. Which is the best option? Is it is it the fire and brimstone in the nets facing short balls at 17 yards? Or would you recommend just get down the ring of bells, have one or two jars, enjoy each other's company, get together as a team, you know, really get into that mood of wanting to play for each other, that real team spirit, and go from there. Never did Ian both of them any harm, did it? Well, I think... Beefy took it to the nth degree as far as that's concerned. But uh, yeah. yeah, I don't know. I'm just thinking like if the four of us were like in a darts team or whatever, we were in the pub, we'd be like, come on, Gibbo, get a double. Come on, go for it. You know what I mean? We'd be like socialising, wanting each other to do well. Yeah, I mean, I think I think they all get on pretty well together. The, the, yeah. you know, the, the Somerset squad, you know. They're one um, big family, apparently. Well, yeah, one big family going forward together. I think taking our earnings with us. Isn't that phrase one of the red flags that you're supposed to listen out for at job interviews? If somebody (laughs) says, oh, we're one big happy family here, that kind of means, oh, you're going to be doing a lot of overtime that we're not going to be paying for you because you want to help your family out, mate, don't you? Yeah. 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 Well, right. So this, I'm surprised the seconds managed to get a team together. 
given that effectively our second team went down to the to the Aegeus Bowl on on Thursday. So Josh Davey had a good bowl in the seconds. Ollie Sale and James Rue, I think, were the only three players featured that you would kind of mm-hmm. consider to be in first eleven contention. And and James Rue opened, which I I said in with Mike, we were talking about it, and I said, was that out of necessity, or was it? Was it maybe, you know, you literally, it was the 11 and they looked and went, right, who's ever opened? And James Drew said, oh, I did for the under 11s. And they went, OK. I did for the under open. 11s last week. Or, yeah. or is it a case of let's try him at the top of the order in a couple of second 11 games and see what happens? You know, because yeah. Josh Davey bowled 13 overs on Saturday, didn't bowl Sunday, but I, I imagine that was planned. I, I don't see anything in that. But, you know, they had a decent workout. I didn't recognise any of the names, really, without a bit of research. What about Vaughan? Um, George Thomas wasn't there. Um, You know, so... Sorry? Vaughan? Oh, yes. Uh, I didn't recognise that name, sorry. But they've got another game Wednesday, Thursday, so it'll be very interesting to see who... Maybe plays on Wednesday, you're, you're you know, because that will give us a bit of an indication, I think, of what's going to happen Thursday. Is that a championship game? Or is, that, is that another friendly? No, another friendly, two-day Surrey friendly, I believe. It's so tomorrow. You, is it tomorrow? Oh, sorry, Dan. I thought it's, it was yeah. Wednesday, Thursday. Okay, that well, that's even better then. Yes. Okay, so you would... Okay, so you would think then maybe that... Josh and maybe Lewis, probably Craig as well, would just feature in that maybe bowl their first spell, say, yes, skip, everything's going all right, and then jump in the I was actually thinking Maury and which of the batsmen from the weekend might feature. Wow, there is that. I mean... Have we got, our, um, have we got our team for, for Essex? I'm waiting to see who does well in the second eleven game. <laughs> of course, I'm not. I'm going to be. I'm going to the zoo tomorrow, so I will not be watching that. that. Um, I'm going to try and fit Ben Green in there somewhere because I do yeah. like him as a cricket. I've got a lot of love for Ben Green. No, I'll give you my able to open. Who? I want Tom Able to open with Lamb and B. No. I, I think I, I, I want to shake the batting order up a bit. After one game? Mm-hmm. Yeah. After five games, Ian, is what I'm looking at. Yeah, I'll take the I'll take that point. Well then go go through your team then. Abel, Lamanby, Renshaw. Uh Hildreth deserves to stay at four. Yeah. I suspect Goldsworthy will stay at five, but Ian, I would probably bat Ben Green at five. I'd have Bartlett. Um, is he, well, is he George Bartlett's fit. Yes, George he is. Bartlett's yeah. fit. Okay. Um, then uh, working up from the bottom, you're going to go with hopefully Davy Siddle and Jack Leach. That'll be the bottom three, which means Craig at eight, Lewis at seven. So Steve Davis slots in at six, I would guess. Yeah, I yeah I'd agree. I, I'd have I have Renshaw opening with Lamanby, and Abel at three, and Bartlett at um, at five. Because I I think Lewis Goldsworthy needs just needs to I don't know, go back and sort out his technique. He's, he's obviously got he needs to make big runs in the seconds and get himself some confidence back. Yeah, and I think George Bartlett you know deserves his chance. He's he's, uh, he's, he's a good player. If if Tom Banton was fit, I'd have Banton instead of Bartlett, but he's not. Mm-hmm. Anyway for several weeks with his Britain finger. But I think, you know, that looks a good side to me. As long as as long as the batsman I mean the bowling is a, you know, that's a really good attack. Gregory Overton, Davy, Siddle and Leach. You know, four top quality seam seam bowlers and and best English spinner that that, that, that there is. You know, we ought to but well we will see. We will see. Dan, how's your side looking? Yeah, I think I agree with Anthony's side. Um, I'm happy with Bartlett to come back in. I've always said that, you know, he's a player who 
um, I think has got the temperament to succeed. He's shown it in the past in flashes. And, you know, I think I want to just see him have a run in the side and solidify his spot there. Because I think, you know, that number five spot is there, there for the taking. And uh, I think he's shown the most in the past to indicate that, it, you know, that it could be his long term. Um, but, yeah, that's all really. Yeah, I said, I think Anthony's team is fine. Happy with Renshaw opening. Uh, even though he hasn't obviously been doing that for Queensland in the Sheffield Shield. Um, but presumably the club have got it planned out. You know, we, when we signed him, presumably they discussed, you know, where he's going to bat. So presumably he will open. But, you know, still they don't might know surprise for, us. for certain, though, do we? We still don't know for certain. No, We've we kind of all assumed that, oh, we need an opener. I mean, we've sort of got Devon Conway in last year. We've got Matt Renshaw in this year. Matt Renshaw opened when he was with us in, in 2018. So we're kind of joining the dots and thinking, yeah, Matt Renshaw's going to open. But for all we know, the powers that be may have had some learnings and decided that uh, maybe, no, we're going to, we're going to stick with, uh, we're going to stick with Lamb and being green and we're going to put Renshaw at three and Abel at four and Hildreth at five. Anyway, I'm opening with, uh, with Renshaw and Lamb and Abel three, Hildreth four. I'm going to go... I'm a believer in rewarding players who perform in previous games by having them keep their place. And I've, I'm going to stick with Green. At, I'm going to stick Green down at five. Uh, and then who have we got? Uh, Gregory six, Davis seven, Overton, Leach, Siddle, and Davy. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I, the I, other I, advantage of having Green in the side is heaven forbid if one of the bowlers was to break down you have got somebody else who can bowl and i know it's i know it's not ideal but you know you you are risking quite a lot with both lewis and josh coming back yeah. from it's like injuries or in josh's case slightly longer injury so it's a you know it's a balancing act isn't it i just think it i i i listened to a certain commentator the last couple of years who wanted tom able to open and agreed with him yeah, to the yeah. point that he convinced me. And it worries me that, much as I like Matt Renshaw, I don't want to, Anthony to be telling me at six minutes past 11 on Thursday, Somerset's new overseas star is back in the hutch in the second over because, you know, he's played all round a straight run from Porter or somebody. There is a bright spot, though. Harmer's playing for South Africa at the moment, isn't he? Yeah, he is. So well, he won't be available to yeah, torment us. Is he finished? Well, it's, I thought yeah, it was well, another test. Oh, no, I don't think so. Um, Paul Newman from the Daily Mail and a couple of others tweeted today that Harmer's apparently going to be available. Okay. Um, <laughs> thanks, today, thanks. That's my last balloon puncture. Cheers, yeah. <laughs> Sorry about that. Um, today, Bangladesh were 80 all out. It was day four of the test today. So obviously it's finished a day early. Bangladesh were 80 all out. So Bangladesh being 80 all out might have a knock-on effect of causing Somerset to lose by an innings at Taunton in a few days' time. <laughs> all right, thanks, Bangladesh. Yeah. Oh. I think I think the um, I, Josh Davy I'm, I'm, it, it may be that they'll play Jack Brooks rather than Josh Davy I think because uh, Jack Brooks apparently is is fully fit and raring to go and and they may want to give Josh a little bit longer mm. rather yeah. than risking him with um, I think that would be the sensible option because it yeah. was just illness with with Brooks it wasn't it was COVID. yeah he, he had COVID, yeah, yeah, yeah so he's, he's he's recovered and he's 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 fit and firing. There you go there. So, yeah, I'll probably swap Davy for Brooks then in that case. If, yeah, give Josh another game in the seconds. Yeah. Make sure he's 100%. And Jack Brooks has been bowling as well as anybody in pre-season. So, I, I, I've got no problem with that. I think, yeah, he's, now he's fit and repaired. He's uh, looking, he's bowling like a man half his age. And I'll tell you the, the, the other positive from um, a GS bowl was Siddle. He bowled very well. He look. He looks fit. He looks. He looks the part. You know. He, he looks a class fast bowler. He was head and shoulders above any of the Somerset ones. You know. He was. He was. And he probably looked better than Kyle Abbott. Look, Abbott bowled very, very well, particularly on the um, on Friday evening. But um, Siddle Siddle was quicker, and you know he he was he he hardly bowled a single ball down the leg side. You know, he was there, ball after ball after ball, nagging away at a at good pace, and you know, on or just outside the off stump. It was good stuff. If you'd been bowling in a full strength 
four-man attack, you you would have thought he would have picked up more than the two wickets that he did. Yeah, absolutely. The, yeah. the first one he got was an absolute jaffer, the one that nipped back and took Weatherly's off stump. Mm. And then you know, he got one other, didn't he, caught behind. But there was just you just knew that... The yeah, you couldn't build pressure good. at both ends, could yeah. you? And that, you know, that's no criticism of the young bowlers. It's just a fact. You know, a good yeah. county... No, leave James Vince out of the equation, but good county batsmen will know that all they've got to do is negotiate Siddle and runs will come at the other end. Yeah. And when you've got Craig, Lewis, Josh, Jack Brooks, whoever at the other end, that's a very different mindset. Yeah. And Siddle will enjoy bowling against his former teammates as well, won't he? Oh, yes. Mm-hmm. Up in yeah. a little bit. A little, little bit of needle there. Yeah. Oh yeah, what are the yeah? Well, you go to see Sir Alistair's middle stump cartwheeling back towards. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so yeah, Essex. Uh, that was a high-scoring draw, wasn't it? They got about. Yeah, they weren't short to runs on South Thank Thursday, were they? No, oh, yeah, I remember seeing Alistair Cook doing his uh, his various impressions. Uh, I think I saw one on social media of him doing an impression of Mark Wood. Yeah. It doesn't help in the bigger picture, though, guys, when you have two first division games which barely got out of the first innings. I was just going to say that, Steve. I couldn't agree more. It's not great. It's not. It hasn't been a great advertisement for county cricket this first round of matches, has it? Does it put pay to the argument that playing in April is a bad thing when we've had, I think, we had seven scores over 400, seven or eight scores over 400? I think statistically, April's always been a pretty good time to bat. It is, yeah. The last few years, April's actually been the best month for batting. It's weird how the narrative, you know, how the narrative goes. But because you associate April with being cold and sort of grassy and just, you know, bowlers nipping it around. But it's kind of not not what really happens. I mean, it's not ideal for spectators. But the fact is, if we want to keep 14 county championship matches, we kind of have to play in April, really. That's what I always say. I don't really have an issue playing in April because the alternative is cutting the county championship season down by a few games. There is one other alternative, Dan. Yeah, play in July, <laughs> August. <laughs> well, yeah, but, something, but something else then has to go in April instead then. So that's the 50 overall T20. So do we want that? 16.4, no, I could play that in April. April, Dan. Well, the 50 has to go there as well. Holidays. 50 play goes there as well. The holidays, and then we'll play proper cricket in the summer. Who do we yeah. use in the nine, Ian's nine first draft, innings. Draft picks. Nine first innings of 350 or over. Yeah. Yeah. Some set zero innings of 200 or over. <laughs> yeah. Oh, let's blame the pitch. Who we lost to the 100 daft pricks then? Sorry, draft picks. <laughs> um, um, Jack Leach. Vandermeer and Leach were signed in the draft. Yeah, Jack, um, that's a strange way. Well, well, no. Yeah, Leach wasn't signed in the draft. He was, because he's centrally contracted, he automatically gets a team. Um, and that's Birmingham Phoenix. So he'll be joining Tom Abel and Will Smead there. I mean, it, you know, if he's with the test team, he'll miss most of the 100 anyway. The worst thing would right, be if... The Birmingham Phoenix, which, which flavour of crisps are they? Uh, butter kissed. I'm, I'm, I'm ashamed <laughs> that I know that. Use McCoy's then. Manchester Originals. Sorry for Stop, knowing that. No. Stop. <laughs> um, so we've lost. We've we haven't lost Max Waller this year, have we? And I think yeah. that's the only one, isn't it? Technically, Baker, who was signed as injury replacement at the end of last yeah, year. Yeah, he was so. the, the 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 skips, wasn't he? The yellow skips. Yeah. Binghamshire yellow skips. Whatever they're called. Um, I'm deeply impressed with your knowledge of, of the, the, the snacks that are sponsoring the teams. What what a what a Welsh fire then? Are they hula hoops? Yeah, they are hula hoops. Yeah, need to keep the 9th of August in your diaries. That's our um, that's our yeah. protest day up at Neville Road. <laughs> You'll be seeing us in the crowd, Anthony. Dan's going to streak with a massive banner saying "Stuff the hundred. <laughs> I haven't told you that. Yeah, that the not yet, Dan. But um, no, that's, that's fine, by me. It's definitely going to happen. It's definitely going to happen. But uh, seriously, I think yeah, going to try and get um, get something official, officially, unofficially organised for that day. Mm, Maybe right. sneak some banners in, messages with t-shirts or uh, t-shirts with messages on that sort of thing. 
and hopefully Sophia Gardens. I don't think there was anybody. Did Glamorgan, were Glamorgan at home this game? Yeah. This round? I think Glamorgan were home to Durham. The rain just gone. Yeah. yeah. The crowd was. Yeah, I think it rained. It was it was your typical South Wales weather, but yeah, I don't think there was hardly anybody there, which which fills me with confidence that we'll we'll stuff Gloucester in front of a packed Neville Road on August the 9th while the Welsh firemen play out a sparsely attended, dull, stamp squiver game. Whoever they're playing in the hundred. <laughs> All right, do we have any other business, guys? No, I don't think so. Yeah. I think I'm I'm done mentally still. I'm still recovering. Um one thing, Somerset women are back on Monday. Um so their first game the first two games of the season are on Monday, this Monday coming, uh, Easter double Monday. Header. Um sorry? The double header against Warwickshire. It is. Uh Gloucestershire. They're away to Gloucestershire at Thornbury CC. So, you know, if if any listeners wanna go, it's fairly accessible, I think. It's just north of Bristol. Uh, I think it's get is you can get there by public transport as well. There's a bus stop right outside the ground, so um, it's accessible. And obviously, Somerset aren't playing. Somerset men are not playing that day, so uh, could well, be a good way of spending Easter Monday. And isn't there isn't there a double header against Warwickshire at the county ground? There is, yeah. Somerset yeah. haven't really advertised yet, yet that yet. Um, so it's not I really that well known. You asked him on Twitter. Yeah. Went, yes. Apparently we're going to. Apparently we're going to. But time's running out. It's in 13 days' time. Sunday the 24th of April. Double header against Warwickshire at the county ground. So um, that'll be an occasion. Um, yeah. First time they've played there. And I think Somerset women have played at the county ground in 50 over cricket a while ago. But they've never played a T20 there, I don't, I don't think. think. Yeah, so, I've there for the last couple of years. It's all been Western Storm. Mm. And finally, the question on the lips of every Somerset member. Have you had your membership packs? Yes. Yes. I, my daughter's arrived before we left. Mine is hopefully there. <laughs> got them out just in time for the Essex game right I'm and I'm desperately hoping that the Essex game goes to the fourth day so I can uh, pop up to Taunton um, my suggestion to my wife that we stop off on the way back from Bristol Airport uh, fell on <laughs> <laughs> fell on somewhat deaf ears so uh, uh, yeah so I'm uh, please God please just make it last till Sunday uh, we'll have rolled. We'll have rolled Essex over long before Sunday. Oh, yeah, I'll take that. Obviously, I'll, I'll take that. <laughs> I admire your optimism, Anthony. Uh, well, right, fellas. Bit of pleasure as always. Uh, I need to work. Thank out you. Off to Teams, onto uh, whichever platforms we're putting it on. But um, yeah, I'll see you all. Uh, see you all next Monday. Just uh, for listeners' advice, we are. During the first round of championship matches, we're uh, recording every Monday night. So uh, keep an eye out for us uh, sort of half eight every Monday night. We should be on your regular podcast provider. If you want to drop us an email with podcast at gmail.com, follow us on Twitter at Somerset Podcast. It's the same for Instagram. Instagram, that's Instagram. That's the one. What is in this? <laughs> <laughs> right, I'm wearing my slurs. Right, uh, follow us on social media. Best of luck, Somerset, for Thursday, and we'll see you all. Uh, we'll catch you up with you all uh, next week. Indeed. Take care, right. everyone. Cheers. Cheers, guys. Cheers. Bye. Bye. Bye.